Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you today. God bless you, and thank you for tuning in. Today, we're going to continue in our Beauty of Grace series, and today we want to move forward. We've discussed recently how each day and our use of it is critical as we are limited in what we can do and what time we have remaining. And in this life, we have troubles and resistance from the enemy to hinder us. But we also can know that we do not walk alone. Today, I want to discuss the camaraderie of grace. We know that the Holy Spirit is the agent of grace in our lives to bring to us all of the benefits and blessings that grace abounds with. The great news is that our God is with us always. The Holy Spirit is in us. And so we are never alone. So today let's look at this as camaraderie of grace. Camaraderie signifies a close friendship or a nearness in a relationship. It's companionship, a group that's closely tied or knit together. In the scriptures, it is more closely associated with a family kinship, the bond of brotherhood or family. In the Old Testament, it may have been in the tribes or within a particular tribe. Brothers, those who were in the family. In the New Testament, we are knit together in the Lord with the bond of love. We are family in Christ as brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's interesting that this word for knit or knit together, the very first time it's used in the scriptures is in Judges chapter 20, verse 1 through 11. And in that passage, it speaks of how there were some men of Israel that were gathered together to go after a certain group of people who had abused and performed a cruel crime on someone, particularly on a woman. The account you can find of that event is in chapter 19 of Judges. But in Judges chapter 20, the men of Israel are going to gather together to go and put away this evil and deal with these evildoers. And it's interesting because in these verses, it speaks of how knit they were together. It says they were knit together. It says they were as one man. In other words, they were united powerfully together on this issue, on this righteous act. And so it says that they were knit together as one man. You'll find that in a few of the verses in Judges chapter 20, between verses 1 and 11. There's an Old Testament powerful example of such bonding and camaraderie, and it is between Jonathan and David. Jonathan and David had a close bonding of friendship, and I want to read a little bit about that in a couple of places here. In 1 Samuel chapter 18, let's read first verses 1 through 4. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore, 
Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. So here we see this bonding that happens in friendship, in godly, honorable friendship between Jonathan and David. Somehow, God just put it in their heart and made them, in a sense, almost like a soulmate, so to speak, but in a godly and honorable way. This was not anything sexual or evil. It was true friendship, bonding, and camaraderie. It was a deep, close friendship. In 1 Samuel 23, in verse 14 through 18, we see this love this camaraderie in action again between Jonathan and David. In 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 14 through 18, it says this, And David stayed in strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life and David was in the wilderness of Zith in a forest. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. So the two of them made a covenant before the Lord, and David stayed in the woods, and Jonathan went to his own house. So here we see David being hunted like a criminal, hunted with a price on his head, a bounty on his head by Saul, and David is having to flee, and he's having to hide out in caves and in the wilderness and in the strongholds. And Jonathan, his friend, the one who cared for him, his dear comrade, knew that David needed encouragement. And so he goes and he gives to David encouragement. And he lifts up his soul saying, David, don't worry about it. I know Saul's after you, but God's not going to let him prosper because you will be king over Israel. So this is a beautiful picture of this kind of camaraderie. One who will love you in a deep, close relationship. One who will hurt when you hurt. One who will share your burdens. One who will care enough to act. Jonathan had already proven this to David once before because he had warned him, confirming Saul's intentions to harm him. You can go back in the scriptures a few chapters earlier, and see that, where Jonathan wasn't convinced that Saul was trying to kill David, but David knew it in his heart. And so they made a pact, and they, they proposed a plan to test that. And sure enough, Jonathan then had to realize and confirm that, yes, Saul's intentions were bad, and so they had to part, and they made a covenant when they did that. Jonathan then knows that David's on the run from his father who's trying to kill him. 
And Jonathan finds David and strengthens him in the Lord. This is a true friend. This is what a comrade will do with a brother or sister. This is what a comrade will do with a true friend, one that they are closely knit together with. It's interesting because I know in, say, the army or in some of the military combat situations and other things, people can develop this camaraderie. When you're in an attack situation in a hole with somebody hiding out in a trench or whatever, you, you, you got each other's back and you begin to bond together and you develop that camaraderie. I remember years ago when I was a child, we would go and visit someone that my dad had been in the army with and served with and they stayed friends. They developed a camaraderie that maintained throughout all of their life. And even now I've been able to reconnect with the family of that man and his wife who have both now passed on. So a true friend, a comrade, will do what's best for one another. They'll care about each other. This is a beautiful picture of camaraderie in scripture between Jonathan and David. Like these army buddies will build close bonds when they're in the fire together. The Bible speaks of friends that stick close through thick and thin. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17, and in Proverbs 18, verse 24, it speaks of those who will stick with you through good times and bad. A brother, it even says, is born for adversity. In other words, they're going to be with you through hard times and good times. They're going to stick it out with you and care for you. In Christ Jesus, we find that he is that friend. He even calls us friend. In John chapter 15, verse 12 through 15, Jesus is speaking and he says this, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. So Jesus, even here, says, you're not just my servant, you are also my friend. Reminds me of Abraham, who has been known and called in the scriptures as a friend of God. A friend, a true friend, is someone who will share God's heart, who will care for God's honor and for his pleasure, and who will stick with the Lord through the hard times he may go through. Jesus was that friend for us, and he says that we now have the privilege to be a friend of God. Jesus proved his love for us, even to the point that he loved us to the death. He paid our sin debt in our place so that we could have life in him, everlasting life with him forever. Now in Christ, we have camaraderie with the Lord, but also because of the Holy Spirit, and in the brotherhood or family of believers, the family of the household of God. 
in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us, and we have that camaraderie. In John chapter 14, in John chapter 14, verse 15 through 18, it says this, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So the Holy Spirit is promised here by the Lord himself to be our comrade, our comrade in arms, our comrade through life, and to be in us, living with us, living inside of us. And it's fulfilled in the scriptures in Acts chapter 2 and beyond. It's interesting that Acts really does not have an ending to its story or its account. It's still continuing today because we're still in what we typically might refer to as the church age. The church is still alive. The Holy Spirit is still active in the life of the believer because he's in us. He abides in us. We also have a camaraderie with other brothers and sisters in the family of God. We're all part of the bride of Christ or the body of believers. In Colossians chapter 2, I want to read verses 1 through 10 and then jump down and read a couple other verses. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. And then we jump down, verse 18 and 19. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. We're all knit together in the body of Christ. We are joined to him. He is the head, and we are told here that we are nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments in his body. Paul compared 
being in Christ and being joined together to these joints and ligaments being held together. It's interesting because I was just looking into a little bit. I'm not a medical doctor or professional of any kind, but I did do a little bit of research to find out about joints and ligaments. Joints are where muscles and bones come together to facilitate movement and stability. Joints function is to, to grant the ability to have movement throughout the range of motion that it's supposed to have and to bear weight. Joints facilitate our movement. It's interesting how Paul compares this to it facilitating our movement within the body. I see that as our service, our ability to move in what God has called us to do, to move and to serve the Lord in those things that we've been discussing in the last several episodes, using our gifts, serving the Lord, bearing eternal fruit, and the bearing of weight. Joints also facilitate the bearing of weight. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 5, it speaks of fulfilling the law of Christ by bearing with one another's needs, lifting up each other, there are burdens that we are to bear. There are burdens of the Lord for us to use or to serve him with. In other words, for instance, in the prophets of old, Isaiah, Micah, Amos, others, they spoke of the burden of the Lord, that God had put in their hearts something to do, something to say for the Lord. Even today, you're burdened when he has a gift or a calling in your life, not that it's something that's burdensome and grievous to you, but it's something that weighs on you. You know you're called to do that. And your greatest joy is when you're doing that, when you're fulfilling what God has called you to do. But there are burdens that we bear for the Lord and in his service. There are also burdens we need to bear for one another, as Galatians 6 instructs us. Prayer needs and lifting up one another, caring for each other helping to support one another. Joints are to facilitate movement and the bearing of weight. Ligaments are bands of tissue that help connect bones, joints, and organs and hold them in place. One website said ligaments have several important jobs that help you move properly. They allow the joint to move in the direction it was meant to move. They hold bones together. They make sure that joints don't twist. They stabilize muscles and bones. They strengthen joints and they prevent bones from dislocating. In Colossians chapter two here, where we've been reading, Paul says that Jesus is the head from whom the entire church, the entire body of Jesus Christ is nourished, fully supplied, thoroughly furnished and assisted, and knit together by joints and ligaments. That word knit, knit together is talking about to drive together, or in other words, to unite, to coalesce, to come together and combine together, to grow together is another way to understand that. To unite for a common end. So we are united together, we are joined together, 
We are growing together. We are combined together by joints and ligaments in the body of Christ. Now, it's not talking about a physical body with physical joints and ligaments that are inside of our body, but Paul is using this as an analogy. You or me might be a joint or a ligament connecting other people in the body, helping and supporting their function, supporting their movement and their service as well, and helping to bear their burdens. It may be that you and I have that function within the body of Christ as well. And notice that he says it grows together. Being nourished and knit together, it grows. It grows with the increase that God gives. Beloved friend, we are growing. We are works in progress. God is not finished with us yet. And the good news through life is that we are never truly alone. We have a comrade. We have the Holy Spirit of the living God. We have the Lord himself with us. And we have his promise that it is so. The promise that cannot lie because it is written in the word of God. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says this, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's quoted from Deuteronomy. He himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He will not desert us. He will not abandon us. He won't leave us behind. It won't happen with the Lord. He's not going to take off and leave you somewhere. He's going to walk right with you. He's going to even sometimes carry you if you can't make it in that moment yourself. Praise God that he is that faithful to us all. Hallelujah. And I want to draw to a close by looking at two final verses. One is in the beloved Psalm 23. And I want to read verses 4 through 6. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even through the darkest of all valleys, you and I are never alone. The Lord is with us. He doesn't forsake us or leave us when we're gray-headed and old. He doesn't forsake us and leave us when it's scary, when it's dark, or when it's foggy and we can't understand what's going on. He never leaves us. He's with us even through the darkest of all valleys. And then I want us to also consider Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21 through 23. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great 
is your faithfulness. We can rest in knowing that we are never truly alone because it is written in the Word of God. And God is the God of His Word. He has said it, He has written it down, and He will do it. It says right here in verse 23, They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I love that. Sometimes I remind myself of that scripture. That word great is talking about multiplied by the myriad. I mean, it's like it's like massively great. Multiplied by the myriad. Multiplied by thousands and billions and billions. You can't even fathom how great it is. God's faithfulness. His trustworthiness. To do what he said. He is able, he is willing, and he has promised, and he will do what he promises. He will see us through and never leave us, nor forsake us. He's got a proven track record. He bats a thousand every single time. Praise God for his promise and his proven track record of faithfulness that he is with us through it all, never leaving us, never forsaking us. He supplies for us the camaraderie of grace. He is always our comrade through everything in life. And even as we read in Psalm 23, we will walk through this life faithfully because God is with us. And then we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever with him forever. Praise God for the camaraderie of grace. I pray that this has been a blessing to you, and Lord willing, you can join us again for future messages and episodes of our Beauty of Grace series. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. <music>